Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Yo, we don't shout out the makers of this beat enough. This beat is hot flames. Hot fire. I spit that. Shout out to DJ Ray Black at WhoIsRayBlack.com. On Instagram and shout out to at Johnny Patrop. They co-produced that beat. That thing you hear, that's not a real noise in real life. They created that out of a sample. That's like a person's voice that they did that with, or like a horn or something. Costco samples. It's dope. Costco sh- samples are fire. Hell yeah. We're, real quick before we get started. And by the way, this is the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Patrop, here with my brother Michael Patropolis. Welcome back, Mike. I'm back, back in the review groove. Oh, that was uh, that was nice. I, I felt like you did the the right time shift right there. But uh, <laughs> BrotoFantasy.com is where we call home. Visit BrotoFantasy.com. This is the Broto Fantasy Football Podcast. Before we get started, if you're if this is your if you're new to uh, to the show, a little personal story here to let you know how like I grew up in my family. I think it's a little microcosm. One time I was uh, I was cutting school with my brother Johnny. He was a freshman and I was a junior in high school, or I was a senior and he was a sophomore, one of the two. And we just decided to to walk out the door and just cut the day, something that I didn't, wasn't unlikely for me to do every once in a blue. And uh, it just happened to be that my dad was driving up the street that we were walking down because there's a Costco right <laughs> next to my our school. And he sees Johnny and, and me and he's like, hey, what the fuck are you doing out here? And we're like, <laughs> Oh shit! He's like, get the fuck over here. So we go over, and my dad drops f bombs all the time. And he's like, what the fuck are you guys doing out of school? And and then we they looked at each other. He's like, ah, you sons of bitches. All right, get in the car. All right, so we get in the car, and, he, and we go to Costco. He's like, you're helping me pack all the Costco stuff. Because when my dad would would shop, because we're a family of six boys, you know, six. It was my mom and five men. You know what I mean? At at, at this point, so we ate a lot. And when my dad would eat. I mean, would shop, he'd shop at Costco. So we went there and me and Johnny like helped him and we had so many free Costco samples that we were full uh, by that time. And we got to, you know, hang out with our dad and, and shop and eat free food and instead of going to school. Boom, boom. That's the story that you made me yeah, think of, Michael. That's great. <laughs> anyway. Samples, samples are gone in the day of COVID now, though, unfortunately. Is that right? Yeah, of course. What do you mean? You can't be like just touching shit. I mean, oh, yeah. you can make it like, uh, you know, Halloween just passed, and I saw a lot of people had nice uh, different Halloween, different, like, candy stations. My 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 in-laws, they made, uh, uh, what do you call it? A scarecrow. Like a no, they made a scarecrow, and the scarecrow had a pumpkin head or whatever, and there was a table. And it was like, come get your candy. <laughs> yeah, but I saw some people have tubes and all that shit. It was, uh, yeah, I mean, you could do it. Through a tube. I mean- Costco samples through a tube. Yeah, here's a fucking cracker with cream cheese through it, too. Good luck with that. <laughs> um, speaking of good luck with that, uh, if you are a George Kittle rosterer or manager, I should say, good luck with that. Very upsetting, man. I roster Kittle in our home league. It's been a crazy year in our home league. A lot of up and down weeks and just the standings are everywhere in our home league. I started two and three. I'm on a three-game winning streak. The three-game winning streak began when I traded for George Kittle, and now George Kittle, just like that, is gone. 
Eight weeks, a.k.a. rest of season. Michael, he gave away the punchline, but let's get to the news, and then let's talk about the big news. George Kittle expected to miss eight weeks. But first, let's hear from our guy, Donnie H. Yes. Those stories and more in just two minutes. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us this half hour. I'm Don Harrison. Around the world in 30 minutes. This is Headline News. Even good old Donnie H can't make me feel good about this injury. This is this, this, this sucks. It was, sucks for football, man. I was down. I was at like a three. Now I'm at like a seven just by hearing Donnie H's voice. I mean, okay. Well, even though, and, and you're a Kittle manager in your main league, so that is yeah. the power of Donnie H. Um, but, yeah, like we said, Kittle out eight weeks. Uh, what, what, do you think Ross Dwelly is, a, is a someone that you should take a look at? This coming week is likely to be – Ross Dwelly, but Jordan Reed is also coming back from the IR. That is correct. Jordan Reed was the guy prior uh, when Kittle had his first injury this season. So Dwelly's more of the guy you're going to have to like just stream this week, I assume, if Jordan Reed doesn't play. But I think Jordan Reed is going to be the pass catcher. Otherwise, either way, they're not George Kittle. No, they aren't. And it, it sucks because it's this... You know, he he's tends to be he tends to be injury prone. And the San Francisco 49ers, I don't know what happened. Maybe Kyle Shanahan sold his soul to the devil last year in order to get to the Super Bowl because this is usually what happens when you do that. Uh it, they seems like it seems like like there's like a Cupid like like an evil Cupid in the air, like just like bow and arrowing 49ers players. Jimmy Garoppolo also sidelined indefinitely. Um as one of the many people who streamed Jimmy Garoppolo last week, um, fuck, uh, first of all. Second of all, yeah, I mean, Nick Mullins is, if you're a San Francisco 49ers fan and if you're a fantasy fan where you want the ball to move in this offense, Nick Mullins is one of the better backups in the league. I, I like the game of Nick Mullins. He played better than Jimmy Garoppolo when he was in last week. So it's not the end of the world, but Jimmy Garoppolo out for at least a few weeks with an ankle injury. Yeah, uh, indefinitely, quote-unquote. So they just want the dude to heal up because clearly Jimmy G isn't like this A1 type of quarterback. So he can't be playing hurt, clearly. Like, he's had two absolutely abysmal performances. So it makes sense for them. Uh, Nick Mullins came in, played admirably this week. I don't think he's a huge downgrade from Garoppolo. We saw that last year, too. He's able to operate the offense decently well. Just going to be tough for him without Kittle and Debo Samuel. That's a that's a tough duo not to have. Those are your two uh by far best passing options. Sometimes things can change in an instant. And it lets it gives you a little bit of a perspective of like how quickly life and just like moods can change. At week 2 it was Ryan Fitzpatrick versus Gardner Minshew, the stash versus the beard. There was all this. There was talk back and forth. There was promo. There was promotions. There was commercials. There was uh, segments about this. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick obviously benched last week, and today Doug Marone said Gardner Minshew won't play against the Texans. Now, part of that has to do with his thumb, but the reason I'm mentioning it is because he says he has no idea how long Minshew will be out, and that there's no guarantee Minshew would be the starter when he returns. So. I mean, it That's seems crazy. like yeah. So it seems like they might be going with Jake uh, Luton, uh, Jake Luton. I remember that because it rhymes with gluten, uh, Jake Luton. So um, yeah, I don't. I, I guess they're trying to really get into that Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes at this point. 
Hopefully Luton isn't just looting on the field. You know what I mean? Just standing there, doing nothing. Quit looting, Luton. <laughs> Hard-hitting analysis from the Brodo <laughs> Fantasy Football Podcast. Um, so, uh, a little more. Colts coach Frank Wright said Jonathan Taylor is dealing with a little bit of an ankle injury. Uh, uh, I saw that one of you guys, was it you, Michael, that tweeted this on the on the account? At Brodo Fantasy on Twitter, by the way. Or was it Jason? What? With the, all right, so if it was Jason then. Jason tweeted <laughs> uh, the the scene from The Wedding Singer. Something oh, that yeah. could have been brought to my attention yesterday. Uh, yeah. yeah, Jonathan Taylor, not a good game in the game that everyone expected him to blow up. And we, and you know, the the fantasy community was right. This was a good blow up game because two other running backs on the team, Jordan Wilkins and Heem Hines, both blew up right behind him while he put up, I think, three fantasy points. So, uh, I mean, it, if it's an injury, it explains why so many people were off on Jonathan Taylor. For me, not to pat myself on the back, but Jonathan Taylor was my number one busts fade of the year this year. Um, but yeah, I I mean. Even I couldn't have foreseen this much struggling. Yeah, but I mean, look, Jordan Wilkins was someone I've been saying to stash on your bench basically the entire season, if you can, because of that offense. He's only 2% rostered. And look, Michael Salfino, someone we respect a lot, always talks about how Jordan Wilkins never has been given an opportunity, but he's one of the best running backs. Like overall, if you just look at the opportunities that he's been given. And he pulled it off again yesterday, 20 rush attempts, 89 yards, a touchdown, a reception, 24 yards. Naheem Hines had a great game. I'm glad I, I'm i I'm RB strapped. And uh, when it comes to Naheem Hines, I'm glad I was able to pick him up because now he looks like maybe he has another role, a bigger role too with uh, Jonathan Taylor out for, well, not out, but dealing with an injury. Right. Uh, now the Colts get um, Baltimore next week as well, which clearly isn't a good matchup. Actually favors Naheem Hines, um, his passing game role. But Jonathan Taylor just continues to be – he's someone I've been getting more and more down on because he just continues to be – like one of our patrons asked this week, specifically in the Discord, uh, why are you so much lower on Jonathan Taylor than what Fantasy Pro's consensus seems to be? And I was like, because this dude has not shown – a ceiling. He has one game over 14 and a half fantasy points. Sure, he'll get some volume, but that's about it. He's just basically been David Montgomery, and people don't want to admit it. Be, admit it because he's supposed to be like this new stud running back, and as, it just hasn't been the case. As was David Montgomery. As was Ronald Jones the year before. Like you know, there's always one stud running back that just ends up being trash. Like it's 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 okay. You know, what I mean? I'm not saying well, he's I'm not, I'm not saying he's trash either. I'm not saying yeah. that. I'm just saying trash for fantasy purposes. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like yeah. some of them work out, some of them don't. Yeah, I mean, and he hasn't been trash either. He's been like RB two material, but he hasn't been like a a smash play by any means. Speaking of smash, fucking Kenny, fucking Galladay, man, what a what a waste of a draft pick. I in in I I traded my first round draft pick away in dynasty in a in a dynasty startup in one that I care about, the Brodo dynasty startup, the sixteen team dynasty startup for this guy. And this is what I'm getting. Uh, yeah, yeah. Prior to the I, season, I, I'm not the only one. Kenny Galladay was just that guy that I, I literally, out of like all my teams, like 20 plus teams, including best ball and such too. I think I have Kenny Galladay in one team because it was for me. It was just like Kenny Galladay. He's one of those guys who I thought was being drafted at his ceiling, 
And I don't I'm not a big fan of drafting guys at their ceiling because that's just not me. And it's who knows just, what would have happened. I don't know. But man. now he's injured. But, the injuries suck. But this is something that has he's injured. Yeah. But he, this is something he's dealt with right. as well throughout his right. season. That's another right. thing. Like drafting a guy at his ceiling, knowing he might get hurt, too, is rough. But yeah, this obviously sucks. If you roster Kenny Galladay, especially the worst part about it is he had to go and give you a donut first before he went and got injured. Yeah. Uh, well, so it's just we didn't share the news, by the way. He's out next week against the Vikings. Uh, out indefinitely at this point. Like, no one knows how long he's going to be out. But at, yeah. at this point, it's week to week. Um, there are some defensive trades. If you want to look out for that, Desmond King uh, for a six-round pick went to the Titans. Uh, if you want to good pick just, up, yeah, good pick up there. There's a couple of good defensive pickups. A- a- Avery Williamson from the Jets went over to the Steelers to replace Devin Bush. Avery Williamson is a very good player, good tackler, um, good good like field general. I like him a lot. I uh, appreciated uh, Williamson during his time as a Jet. Yeah, for sure. And uh, there was another one. Uh, some some there's one more. I'll get to it eventually in the in the news blurbs here. Um, AJ Dillon goes on the COVID list. So does Marlon Humphrey. So those guys get well soon. Um, interesting, interesting note here is Marquise Brown expressed frustration on Twitter about his usage in the team's offense. He deleted his post, but he said, "What's the point of having soldiers?" S O U L J A S like sol- soldiers, like Soldier Boy, right? Exactly. When you never use them, Oof. never in in uh, parentheses with exclamation marks. Added at the end as well. Oof. Clearly upset with his role. I mean, look, it seems like I'm starting this episode by taking a bunch of victory laps, but Marquise Brown was a guy, literally all three of us were like, why are you drafting this guy so early? Like, it was a hyper-efficient volume, a hyper-efficient offense last year, low volume. What did you expect Marquise Brown to be this year? I just never understood the, you need to get him everywhere you can. And it's just, that's that offense has not been nearly as good as it was last year. And Marquise Brown has been not good because of that. Mark Andrews too, which is, you know, yeah, but at least Mark Andrews has those three like big games where he probably helped you in your week. Marquise Brown is just, he's topped out at 16.8 and the rest of his games are just like, blah. Corner cliffs, Kingsbury cliff Kingsbury say that four times fast. Uh, Kenyon Drake's ankle injury is not as severe as believed, and he could be back as soon as week 10. That's what I'm talking about. Bring Kenyon Drake <laughs> back, baby. Make Kenyon, make Kenyon Drake great again. Um, I mean, another reason why selling Chase Edmonds last week right when the news came out was probably a good idea. Yes. Because his, his name, the value went up tremendously, and you probably could have sold him for something very valuable. Um. And just a little quick quick blurb before we get into the uh, Saw That Cummings. Right now, Alvin Kamara is on pace for 126 receptions this season. That would be a single-season record for running backs at this point. Right now, the record was 116, and Christian McCaffrey had that last year. I think uh, he might be a shoe-in for that one. I'm telling you what, rostering Alvin Kamara the last two weeks, like knowing that <laughs> This guy is not going to score a touchdown in two straight weeks, but he's still going to put up 20 points for me. Is just a, a remarkably wonderful thing to have. And if you if you drafted Kamara, you you're the one that won the running back lottery. Yeah, man, it's crazy. Like, yo, you're gonna put up like you know he's gonna put up 
top 10 running back numbers, even if he doesn't find the end zone. If he finds the end zone, he's a lock for like top three running back numbers. It's just, I envy everyone who rosters Alvin Kamara in the leagues that I don't roster him. Because he's, he's clearly been that, he's he's the difference maker this year. Yeah, he's the CMC. He's the, I think, Saquon from the year before. He's the Antonio Brown from before that. He's the guy. Um, all right, so speaking of the guy, here are some guys that may not be the guy, but, but some guys that might be the guy, some guys that weren't the guy. I don't really know what I'm talking about. We saw it oh, coming. Guy. We saw it coming, though. I saw that coming from a mile away. And by the way, Michael, that's how you cut a clip, baby. Baby. Learn from learn from your brother, bro. Learn from older brother cuts clips. I cut clips. I'll concede that you're better at cutting clips. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. This is a hallmark moment in the history of Petropolis uh times. I don't think Michael has ever admitted that anyone is better at anything than him ever. I concede that <laughs> I'm better at everything else, but yeah. <laughs> Michael, who's your first uh, stock up? Stock up. What do you 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 just messed up oh, now after uh, talking about how good you are. <laughs> Damn we it. saw that coming. Oh, did you Jeez, see Louise, coming? Too. Shit. My first, uh, we saw that coming. Ezekiel Elliott. I could not have been farther off Ezekiel Elliott this week. In our Sleeper and Bust article, I said a lot of fantasy analysts are telling you not to panic about Zeke. I'm not one of those analysts. I'm telling you panic, panic hard, and sell him as soon as you can. And it's not a rash decision or overreaction. Like, this dude had Philly this week. Uh, he has a bye still remaining. All of his eight opponents are in the top half of the league in fantasy points allowed. Seven of those matchups are top seven in fantasy points allowed to running backs. It is not going to be an easy road for Ezekiel Elliott. And that offense is an absolute joke. The dude is yet to top eight fantasy points since Dak Prescott went down. Eight. I ranked him as like my running back 17 or something and thought that was too high. Turns out I should have ranked him lower. I sat him actually in a league for Mike Davis, Todd Gurley, and Boston Scott, and then end up being the right choice. Not something I thought I'd be saying five weeks ago, but that's where we are at this point. I'd be trying to sell Zeke because, like I said, pit and then a buy. Like, what are you going to get these next two weeks out of him? You're not much. So he's just, ugh, it's been bad. That offense is a joke right now, and maybe Andy Dalton comes back and isn't as bad as he was, but... Yeah, my he's my first. Uh, we saw that coming because I was not on the Zeke train at all this week. I think the whole Cowboys, uh, someone that Jason and I mentioned that we were kind of avoiding just drafting and the playing in general, the Cowboys, because, you know, like, I don't know, this kid, Delucci, like, he's Mike, Mike McCarthy's brother's former, like, basketball player. He throws sidearm yeah. like he like he looked like he was a dog out of water. I mean, dog and like I don't know what the fish out of water, dog out of water. What does that even mean? <laughs> he, but he looked wet behind the ears, that's for sure. Boom! Smashed it, nailed it. Um, I'm gonna go on to my next one. Brandon Ayuk was on my sleepers and bus article. I gotta say, I've been hitting these sleepers, man. I'm kind of, I'm kind of feeling myself on these sleepers. Uh, Brandon Ayuk was my sleeper because of the opportunity. Seattle has the worst secondary in the history of football, and that is not an overstatement. Uh, although they did play better in this game, uh, eventually Ayuk got his garbage time touchdown, but it's more the 11 targets, eight receptions that I'm interested in. Um, now it seems as though him and Nick Mullins um, have some type of chemistry. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be out. Nick Mullins is probably a better player than Jimmy Garoppolo since Jimmy's first injury. 
Because, I mean, Garoppolo hasn't been the same since his first injury. So, yeah. obviously, he's he's feeling the effects of it. And so, as of right now, the 49ers are better off playing him. And the 49ers' fantasy options are better off playing. And, uh, yeah, so Brandon Ayuk, as long as the injuries are, are here, he's going to be a great play. And I think that he's going into that category where he's talented. He has ability, obviously. Um, they called him the next Julio Jones in Arizona when he was drafted. So high praise. They traded up to get him. I mean, they're going to use him. So I think that he's kind of establishing himself in a Justin Jefferson type of um, number two receiver on the team that's going to be reliable to a a certain extent, a higher floor than you thought. Yeah, um, I agree, especially with the injuries going on there. He's going to be forced to, to be a big part of that offense. Uh, my second we saw that coming is a guy that I proclaimed it to be on the 20 stats you need to know, Travis Fulgham week. And Fulgham, 6 for 78 in a touchdown against Dallas. The dude just keeps balling out, man. Just every week. Ever since that game against San Fran, he's just been a stud for fantasy purposes. Locked and loaded wide receiver, too. Basically, a bye week coming up is upsetting, but then he gets the Giants, Cleveland, and Seattle out of that. And I don't see why his role in the offense can't continue, especially like Carson Wentz looked awful against Dallas, which is bad. The only time he looked good was when he was throwing the damn ball to Travis Fulgham. Like he targeted Fulgham seven times and it resulted in six catches, 78 yards and a touchdown. Carson Wentz, you know, I got to find his passer rating for Fulgham compared to everyone else. Cause I'm sure it's just a ridiculous difference. I don't have that in front of me now, but yeah, Travis Fulgham had a big week against Dallas and, He's looking like a very strong play moving forward as well. I, I wonder what the return of Jalen Rager is going to have on him long term. I know it doesn't seem like it has an effect now, but Jalen Rager had a good game. Jalen Rager looks like a good player. He fits in yeah. the offense. No, yeah, I'm I'm not saying it's Jalen Rager's not a good player too, but I oh, mean yeah, Fulgham sure. Fulgham has certainly established himself over these last five weeks. Yeah, Michael, you're right. You were right about that one. Do you know why I'm being so nice to you about this one? Why? Because I'm about to rub something in your face. Uh, here we go. I'm looking forward to this. Jason laughed at me when I said McColl Hardman top 36 wide receiver. He laughed. Yeah. He made fun Jay- of me. And then he wrote it in the chat where we keep our bets. And you <laughs> laughed at me and said I won in. So, ha! Fuck you both. McCall Hardman that- touchdown. McCall Hardman that- game. Where did that come from? I'm so confused. Like, the Jets are... I figured it'd be one of those games where you get out to an early lead. I ended up being... They did get out to an early lead, but I ended up being wrong in that Patrick Mahomes just decided he was going to throw forever. He was, having, yeah. he was having fun. Great call on Harbin because I was not on board with that at all. Bro, he's place, facing Pierre Desir, who's literally the worst player I've ever seen play. <laughs> like, he's the worst player I've ever seen play. That is legitimately the only reason why I picked McCole Hardman. Because I'm like, yo, this is a great matchup. He's going to burn the shit out of him. We've seen a lot of bad players, too. So that's how you know Pierre Desir is bad. Bad bad defensive backs in particular. Because when you True see, that. like, ever since Darrell Revis, it's been, it's been slim pickings. Um, by the way, we're Jets fans if you're just joining us for the first time. Uh, I'm going to pause here because I want to promote people that we like. People that make us feel like champions. Partybelts.com is the place where you can feel like a champion and you can buy a nice 
customizable belt for your fantasy league for literally a tenth of the price that you're going to get at these competitors prices and it looks just as good and you could keep it you can customize it it's not just for fantasy football they made a new one for baker they made one for pat mahomes that one of our patrons bought shout out to them and who was it that bought it michael do you remember no he won a uh he won a what's it called but you do on a, a giveaway on twitter oh so one of our patrons won the giveaway on twitter that's yes. pretty cool. No, nice, nice, nice. Oh, you broke up for a second there. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, cool. Do you remember who it was? Uh, I don't. So we'll, we'll get that to you. But anyway, that person, whoever it is, is now the proud owner of a Patrick Mahomes customizable belt that you can ca- carry beer cans in. And if you use the promo code BROTO, that's B-R-O-T-O, you can get 15% off on top of the fact that you're already getting a great deal on this belt. Um, it's like $35, man. Dude, dude, honestly, like you're going to spend $300 on a belt for what? Are you like, you might be a child who's who I'm saying this, but are you a child? Like, are you going to, are you going to like, you're, I mean, come on, pa- keep the belt. Stop passing it around. COVID's out here. Partybelts.com. And then finally, Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is the best way to play daily fantasy, in my opinion, because you're not facing off against algorithm, your algorithms. You're facing off against real people. Um, it is a, way to bet the lines of the over-under props. I just said that way more complicated than it actually is. Um, To bet over-under props and put a team together with points, and you could win money. And on top of that, you could win money just by going to the site. How? If you are a first-time person who is signing up, a first-timer, signer, upper, you can put in $20 to $50. Anything in between that amount, they will double it. They will give you money for free, to play or if you if you know to, to play with because that's what you're doing with the money right to make into more money which you could eventually take out so uh if you use our code broto by the way broto 20 20 sorry b-r-o-t-o-2-0 that's b-r-o-t-o-2-0 you can get uh that match on that deposit without that promo code you don't get it you know what i'm saying you gotta do it so sign up for thrive fantasy and again, wow thrive fantasy and thrive fantasy app what's up you know what I just realized we didn't do today? What? On Twitter, Miracle Mondays. Wow, this is the first time you haven't done a Miracle Monday in a while. You get still—it's not too late, Michael. Hot damn! Tweet I'm out upset. your Miracle Mondays. I'm upset. What? Tweet it out. It's not too yeah, late. I'll do that. I'll do that. It's not too late. Um, plus, I got I got this thing now, so I'm editing now. You see, they they <laughs> did it again. They slipped me the the zoom, so now I'm editing this damn thing again. Zoom, zoom, zoom. <laughs> Uh, surprise, surprise, the Twins did that to me. Let's go to another uh, surprise, someone that we did not see coming at all. Surprise, motherfucker. I'm angry as Sergeant Dokes on that one because... Dokes. I, Dokes, that's what I said. I thought you said Dodes. I, I, I kind of like slurred at the end. I don't know. I don't really know why. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, dude, Deontay Johnson. What the fuck? How... <laughs> What? That Steelers that Steelers offense has just been odd in every single way imaginable. I every every week it's like, you know what? Here's a three headed coin. Flip it, choose one, hopefully it hits. Yeah, it's but you nuts. thought the one that was definitely gonna hit was the one that has never got under ten targets in a game. Yeah. Maybe fine. It was a four headed coin. Two of them were Deontay Johnson. <laughs> yes. And you know what? You should throw a five headed a little Ray Ray McLeod action in there. Ray Ray McLeod is getting work. 
What the hell is going on, man? Come on, Deontay. Like, I know it's not your fault, but damn, Ben. Like, I, I, I was ready for a zero. I, I, as I've said many times, Deontay Johnson one, was one of my favorite sleepers coming into the year, and I have a lot of Deontay Johnson stock. And it's just like, shit, I'm watching this become, and then you get the one pity catch for it, and you get one point out of it. <laughs> yeah, I hate it. And you got It's not even like they had a bad game, but yeah. Damn it. Said you had a bad game. Did not see that coming. Michael, who you got? Uh, my first uh, surprise, surprise. <sighs> this this motherfucker, you motherfucker. <laughs> right when you decide it's over, he just pulls you right back in. Mike Williams. Man. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. we discussed many times how it seems to be a very funnel offense under Justin Herbert. And it started out that way. Keenan Allen had six catches like 60 yards and a touchdown quick, like quick in the first half. But then the it was still a funnel offense, except that it just switched to Mike Williams for a time for like a, one and a half quarters. And Mike Williams went in during that time because Justin Herbert's a beast and Mike Williams makes every catch thrown to him, period, always. I don't know how this guy isn't more involved in an offense with the catches that he, uh, he pulls down, dude. But five for 99 and a touchdown after thinking like, how could you trust this guy? And it just sucks because if he goes into Las Vegas next week in a tremendous matchup and it ends up being the Keenan Allen show and Mike Williams goes one catch, 19 yards, I wouldn't be surprised. But maybe he goes off again. He's like the definition of a boom bust receiver, man. But he certainly surprised me this week. Uh, yeah, yeah, to say the least. Uh, you know, you guys made fun of me in the offseason when I said Mike Williams is one of the guys I would, uh, one of the top 10 wide receivers I'd build my team around. That was before all these rookies came on, so now it's ridiculous. But dude's good. He just needs to be used. Like, throw him the ball. Like, that guy comes down with everything. Um, yeah. Speaking of someone that's good and not used that much, Jordan Wilkins, 20 carries. What? Um, 89 yards on those 20 carries. And really, Jonathan Taylor, this all happened when Jonathan Taylor got stuffed at the goal line, and then the next play they gave it to Wilkins, and Wilkins got in. And that's one of those, like, coach is sitting me because I'm not good enough. He's putting in another guy because he thinks the other guy can do better. And it's true. So, like, I don't know how to approach Jordan Wilkins in the waivers this week. I got to really, like, look at it. I got to really consider it. Uh, By the way, brotofantasy.com to link you to patreon.com slash brotofantasy to get our extra episode plus tons, 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 Tons extra. We talk about our patrons all the time. We appreciate our patrons very much. They make this show possible. He has a nose for the end zone. And what you remember, there was a stat that you told me earlier this year. I think it was you who told me about it. And I and I tried to find it. And I couldn't find it for anything. But Jordan Wilkins is like one of the most efficient running backs in the league right now. Yeah, this is a, that's what I was saying prior to the uh prior to this segment too, in the uh the news segment about how Jordan Wilkins has basically just been able to produce when given the shot. But I mean, I, it's interesting that it had to be Philip rivers after the game to bring up the fact that Jonathan Taylor's dealing with an ankle injury. I found that a, a little strange unless it happened in game, but it didn't seem that way. Jordan, Jordan Wilkins was born in the wrong era because there was so much room for a Jordan Wilkins type in the era of, like, the early 2000s when I started for first getting really into football and becoming, like, a diehard. Um, he, he's just a hard runner. He runs straight. He puts his pads into people. He runs people the fuck over. And, yeah, maybe he's not the best at everything, 
but the dude is good. And if he was if he was a guy in like 2004, he, there would be a place for him on a roster where he'd be getting a bunch of touches and he'd be getting a bunch of touchdowns. But like he's it's like a it's like having a center in the NBA right now, like a big slow center. Like it's just a, it's just a position that doesn't exist anymore, really. Let's say yeah. like bruising running back, like big goal line guy doesn't really exist anymore. It's just if your starting running back is that guy, he is. Rich, it, that's been replaced by pass catching back as the second back on teams. Um, but anyway, Michael, who's your who's your next guy? My second, I guess uh, I didn't even realize I did this, but sticking with the Chargers here, Justin Jackson. But it's just Chargers backfield in general because. Going up against Denver, who has been the most stout run defense this season, besides Pittsburgh. And this dude has a great game. 17 rushes, 89 yards, 3 receptions, 53 yards, 15.7 half PPR fantasy points without even scoring a touchdown. And this was after Joshua Kelly like played more than him. And you, I, we thought it was going to be Joshua Kelly's backfield, and then... It was like, no, now it's back to Justin Jackson. And then Tremaine Pope goes and plays more than Joshua Kelly in yesterday's game. Jeez Louise, the Chargers are just toying with just toying with our hearts right now. You know and, it's real when Michael pulls out a Jeez Louise. Yeah, man. Uh, what are you, 79? Yeah. 80. Jeez Louise. You missed my birthday. I'm 80. <laughs> uh, yeah, Justin Jackson went in, and uh, it was shocking to me against Denver. I, I didn't think these guys... Kelly ended up sucking, but I didn't think Jackson was going to be a very viable option. I thought he had like a low ceiling flex type play. He ended up being a, a solid RB too. When Pope came in, it's like Jackson started off cold too with Kelly. When Pope came in and started running the ball, Jackson was like, hey, not so fast. Not so fast. I like that. Kelly, on the other hand, oof, was rough. What, I mean, a, what a fall from where he started his rookie season. Yeah, he's one of those guys that might just be trash. And and let's not forget, like, we've mentioned this on the podcast a lot. Like, he was considered a quote-unquote high draft capital running back because running backs don't get picked in the first round. Um, it was a fourth-round pick. So, like, if you're a running back, a first-round pick is crazy. Second-round pick is like a first-round pick. So you kind of, like, move their stock up a little bit because no one picks running backs in the first round anymore. But, I mean, if you look at the stats, if you look at it statted out, Running backs drafted in rounds one, two, and three are historically a significantly higher probability to work out than running backs drafted four, five, six, seven. So, like, yeah. that fourth round is somewhere where you do see running backs who just kind of flop. Hopefully that's not for, for Justin Kelly and, I mean, uh, uh, Joshua Kelly and his family. I hope, I hope not. I hope he's the best player ever. You know what I mean? But uh, he, he might just be trash. He might just be I trash. I will tell. Uh, I will tell. His stock is not up. But we're going to talk about people whose stocks are up right now. Transition master. Something just came across my desk, John. It is perhaps the best thing I've seen in the last six months. Now, right now, John, the stock trades over the counter at $0.10 cents a share. And by the way, John, our analyst indicator could go a heck of a lot higher than that. We are looking at a grand slam home run. I am the Deshaun Jackson of transitions. I either suck... Or I, or I hit an 80-yard touchdown. I just hit an 80-yard touchdown. Just wanna, I just want to just put that out there. Or you mess up, a.k.a. get hurt. Yeah, or I'm, yeah there you go. <laughs> I'm the Deshaun Jackson, or should I say the Deontay Johnson of, uh, of transitions. Uh, with that being said, Michael, why don't you catch a long one for your first one, eh? Yeah. Hey, hey. My first one is a guy that 
I had ranked in the wide receiver two area. Jason probably would have made fun of me. He did make fun of me, in fact. I missed an episode, and this kid mocks me. <laughs> you think, yo, it was Corey good. Davis, <laughs> you should start him. And then Corey Davis goes and puts up eight receptions, 128 yards, and a touchdown. So suck it, Jay. You're not on this one. <laughs> suck it, Jason. So now I can make fun of you. Why are you going to start Corey Davis? Dude, <laughs> side note, I did a bunch of best ball leagues, and Jason saw Corey Davis in the last round in like two of them and was like, yo, what are you doing? Like mad pissed at me. And I legit drafted Corey Davis less because Jason thought it was just so stupid. <laughs> so it's- thanks. His stock is up, man. Corey David, look, sometimes, bro, like, look, A.J. Brown wasn't really the number one last year. He emerged to be at the end of the year, but he wasn't really the number one guy. This year, he's the number one guy for sure. People have prepared for him as the number one guy. And Corey Davis, although he was the number four overall pick one year, he wasn't able to handle that number one role in Tennessee. But we see all the time, sometimes guys aren't able to handle number one roles and then all of a sudden they go to, to be a number two and they shine. Uh, a guy that comes to mind right away is Braylon Edwards. Braylon Edwards is always better opposite another wide receiver, but he couldn't be the number one guy, but he was great as a number two guy. So, I mean, I, I kind of I feel the same way here. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, and it's just maybe he's just took some time to develop. Uh, Devontae Parker-esque. Like, you, everyone who has listened to us for a long time knows, like, true values were created because of Corey Davis. We despised Corey Davis, and we were right about him for years, basically, in saying that he wasn't worth his ADP. And finally, this year, he's playing up to what people expected. And if you're going to see 10 targets, 10 targets, he's out-targeting A.J. Brown the last two weeks, which is a little concerning for Brown, in my opinion. But, I mean, if Corey Davis is going to see those targets from the true value king, Ryan Tannehill, then obviously he has appeal. So I'm aboard the Corey Davis train, and his stock is rising because this dude just continues to put up wide receiver three performances or better literally every single week that he's healthy. Another guy that stock is up, Marvin Jones for me. Now, usually after a game where someone catches three balls for 39 yards, you're not very excited about him. But when you add two touchdowns and you add seven targets and you add that Kenny Galladay is hurt, all of a sudden, you are way more excited. Uh, Marvin Jones was someone that I was comfortable dropping, uh, but I am probably going to try and have him be on my team again, if I can, uh, at this point with Kenny Galladay out because he doesn't look washed uh, as I previously thought. He obviously doesn't look like he's the same guy, but he could obviously have some sort of success. He, I, I think he's slowing down. Like he, he, The big play Marvin Jones guy that you've been used to with first with the Bengals. I bet you some people don't even remember him with the Bengals. And then with the the Lions, that's not the guy that you're getting. But you can still get a quality guy who's going to be the number one target for a good quarterback while his number one receiver is out. So his stock is up. Yeah, for sure. Definitely more appealing going forward for as long as Galladay is out. Uh, my second stock rising is a Baltimore running back, J.K. Dobbins. Man, the... Game that he put together against Pittsburgh. First off, very Gus Edwards too, yo. Gus Edwards is just a baller who balls every single time he's handed the damn ball. Like, yo, the dude cannot catch for his life, but it doesn't really matter. The dude just runs over and over for big chunks every time he's given the ball. It's a little insane. I think his stock is up because that Ravens running game looked way better last week with Edwards and Dobbins than it did with the 
Ingram, Edwards, Dobbins trio. 15 rushes for 113 yards for Dobbins against the Pittsburgh front seven. Just chunk gain after chunk gain was very impressive. And maybe Dobbins is the next rookie running back to really step up now because that's that tends to happen. The rookie running backs tend to get bigger roles as the season progresses, as they get more familiar with the offense, and if they're able to take advantage of their situation. And J.K. Dobbins, I think he leads the league in yards, in uh, excuse me, in fantasy points per opportunity minus touchdowns. I'm not entirely certain on that. If not number one, he's top three then. The dude is just playing great, and uh, I think his role is going to keep increasing. Speaking of guys whose roles are increasing, rookie running backs, Zach Moss, 14 attempts, 81 yards, two touchdowns. I like it because he is clearly the goal line back. I mean, it is clear that they're going to go to him in the end zone uh, rather than Devin Singletary. And although Devin Singletary will get his, uh, it's probably going to be a 50-50 split from here on out. Uh, that's what it's looking like unless Zach Moss really takes a step up. Getting 14 touches a game in a high-run volume offense and getting the goal line work in a high run value offense is something that I want. So I think his stock is up. I'm not going to get too crazy on it because Josh Allen still exists. Josh Allen still takes off those takes a lot of those rushing yards, a lot of those rushing opportunities, a lot of those rushing touchdowns opportunities away. So his ceiling is capped, but games like this will not be uncommon I think for Zach Moss. So I think Zach Moss See, is definitely on the rise. Now if I'm if you were in my league, I'd try to trade Zach Moss to you. I mean, you would try, because but for, for me personally, I'm not super high on him to the point where I'll trade anything of, of real value. But if I had an opportunity to get him for cheap, like or sell him like you, because remember, one of the things with stock is when your stock is up at the right time, you sell it, right? So but I think his stock is up right now. Go ahead, Michael. What were you saying? Sorry, I cut you off. Uh the Bills get a bye week still, which is concerning if you need wins. Um, weeks 13 through 16, San Fran, Pitt, Denver, New England. Oh, boy. Well, he just killed Not New England. Not easy. San Fran, Pitt, Denver, though, 13, 14, 15, is literally 30th, 31st, and 32nd in points for running backs. Yeah. that's this At this point, like, we're entering week nine. This is where you got to start looking at playoff matchups because guess what? You could go undefeated in the regular season, hit a wall week 12, because you got matchups like Zach Moss against San Francisco, he gets you four points, and you end up losing to the uh, to the team that you've been better than the entire season. Dancing the dance of the fantasy lineup is one of my greatest, one of my favorite things to do in life, and I love it when I when it's great, and I hate it when it's not. But I love to hate <laughs> it like that too. Um, what I, is that noise, Tim? That oh I'm sorry that oh is that your heater that's the heater I live in a very old house I live in a an apartment in a, in a house I'm not like in an apartment building uh, and it's very old and uh, the heater makes that noise when it comes on so sorry if that happens every once in a blue because yeah because this is the heat little time. the heat molecules are punching it mad hard like yeah get me out of here <laughs> I think it's just air in the pipes I don't that's, know if there's any plumbers out there who could tell me what that is but that's the more likely. Uh, scenario, I think, compared to my then angry molecules. I don't know the angry yeah. molecule theory. I heard uh, that was I, that was a uh, Copernicus who did yeah, that. Right? Let me add him. Uh, let yeah. me add him. <laughs> Anyways, my last uh, stock rising is a guy who is going to be warranting flex appeal for the foreseeable future because another guy who just keeps balling every time he's given the shot. Philip Lindsay, man, 
he just keeps proving that Denver should not have invested in Melvin Gordon because the dude is a very good running back. He might like, get cut. He might get cut, Melvin Gordon, at the end of this year. Like, Lindsey went 23 for 101 against New England, 9 for 79 against KC, and then the Chargers, which is another semi-difficult matchup, 6 for 83 on the ground. The rushing touchdown, he caught a pass to. Like, Melvin Gordon looks like he is locked in as the pass-catching back, and he was splitting work with Philip Lindsay on early downs. So Lindsay's good and need to produce on limited volume, but he has been doing it and he gets matchups like Atlanta, Las Vegas, and Miami coming up. And that is really not a bad option to stick in your flex because if he's going to get 10 to 15 touches as he has been with the way he's been playing, if he finds the end zone, he's going to be a, he's going to have a huge game and it looks like he could have uh, some flex appeal, even if he doesn't flex appeal. Yeah, yeah, flex appeal. Um, Michael mentioned earlier that Eric, oh no, that Eric Ebron. I just gave away my punchline. I really <laughs> fucked that one up. Uh, he said earlier that you have to look at upcoming schedules. Eric Ebron is one of those guys, and the Steelers in general are one of those teams that are about to get a very, very soft schedule coming up. Now their Week 16 is a little tough with Indy, who I think proved last week that their defense is the real deal. Um. Dallas, Cincinnati, Jacksonville, Baltimore, tough matchup. Washington, also another tough matchup. I believe is going to look that's going to look tougher um, later, but they are weak against tight ends. Buffalo, who's weak against tight ends. And then Cincinnati again. Dude, that is green lights all the way down against tight ends. Eric Ebron is getting more involved in the offense. Four receptions last game, six receptions the game after that, five receptions. Two games before that, the game in the middle, he he just kind of fumbled and fucked up, so he kind of like paid the price for that. But uh, Eric Ebron right now is looking like a tight end where if you got if Eric Ebron somehow is still on your waiver wire and Eric Ebron is only forty five percent rostered, and you just lost uh, George Kittle, try your best to get Eric Ebron on your team. Yeah, um, I mean I'm not a huge and down goes Tim's cup or something. I'm not a huge Eric Ebron guy, but the tight end landscape is a joke. George Kittle going down is just brutal. So, yeah, um, Eric Ebron is certainly someone you can add and play, and he'll probably have a couple down games where you're like, gosh darn you, Eric Ebron. But it's good matchups for Eric Ebron. He's He could score some touchdowns. I mean, he's he's had some good games already. You may not like it. It's not a bad option. I agree with you. You may not like it, but learn to live with it. Who says that? It's like someone. I don't know. You know what I really don't like? When the stock, stock market down. Yeah. When the stock market crashes. Or when the player stock market crashes. Oh, like Deontay Johnson. God damn it. The worst day on Wall Street since the crash of nineteen eighty. The down traders are standing there watching in amazement. I don't blame them. We're now down. 43%. Almost everything there completely wiped out. And the NASDAQ, everything and more has been completely wiped out. Let's talk about the speed with which we are watching this market deteriorate. Shep Smith, Shepard Smith, who's the guy who's the first voice you hear on that, formerly of Fox News, now of NBC News. That guy is a G. If you wanna if you wanna see like if you wanna see like what my mind works like, Google Shepard Smith talking nonsense. And I, I bet you if Michael, if you watch it, you'd be like, wow, this is like Having a conversation with Tim when he's fucked up. 
Like that's what who Shepard Shepard Smith is me when I'm like zooted, like uh, like oh, uh, to the moon. Uh, anyway, zooted, zooted. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a old school way of saying like you don't know what I am. I'm inebriated in some way. I'm gonna keep it cryptic. I'm gonna keep it. Zoot. I'm gonna keep it cryptic. Zoot zoot. <laughs> Michael, go ahead. Uh, my first stock down because we always ended on a low note. Is someone who has just disappointed me, man. Big time disappointment. I've just been waiting for, you know, that huge explosion game ever since he got handed the keys to that backfield. I thought it was going to come this week against Las Vegas. Kareem Hunt, man. Like, he was supposed to be that star once Nick Chubb went down. And instead, he's been solid. Don't get me wrong. But two games of 6.7 and 8.3 half EPR fantasy points. One of them was against Pitt which you give him a little bit of a pass for, but then against Las Vegas to put up 8.3 points. I know the weather was bad and that that's, offense. That's good. Like the stars yeah. were aligned on this one, man. Like you can't make an excuse. Like it was against Las Vegas, who was one of the worst running defenses in the league this year in the rain. Like there's no, come on. That's, that's you look what happened with Josh yeah. Jacobs. Had Josh Jacobs scored a touchdown, he would be, everyone would be singing his praises, but the dude rushed for 132 yards. That's what Kareem Hunt should have done. Yeah, and he had 14 rushes, 66 yards, so it was good on a per-carry basis, but only two receptions for seven yards. Like, we thought this dude was going to have a huge pass-catching role, too, and that hasn't even happened. It's just so strange to me because Kareem Hunt has just has... He's been solid, but, oh, man. he's He hasn't surpassed 86 rushing yards yet. He hasn't surpassed 30 receiving yards yet. Like, that's mind-boggling to me. And now he gets a bye week, and then Nick Chubb returns. And he returns to his RB2 placement. And uh, it was a disappointing time with him as the A1 guy. For sure. For sure. Um, speaking of disappointed, it's disappointing as the A1 guy. David Montgomery. Dude, what else do you need to succeed, Dave? They were hyping him up OD on the telecast, too the commentators about like look at him just getting yards he could really shine if given the opportunity like you know man if you watch david montgomery and you're like go david montgomery you're you're a good football player i don't know what to tell you even when he did break out a long run everyone knew he was gonna get caught by the defense and that was his longest run of the year 38 yeah yards. like he's just not fast he's he's not the strongest guy it's i don't know i know that that uh picture on twitter always goes around they're running back frankenstein when they said he has like the athleticism of barkley and the speed of Gurley and things like that yeah i mean everyone knows how i feel about david montgomery at this point he's someone i've not been interested at all ever we are highly critical of the roto world blog i mean uh blurbs blogs uh blurbs a lot um (laughs) because they're just mean and they're unnecessary and they say things like robert woods is a wide receiver three when you saw Robert Woods did this week. If anyone else, if anyone is actually listening to that, they probably sat Robert Woods and that's why your home teams are easy to beat because they, they read this and they go by it. But what this said is most of Montgomery's production came on a single play when he miraculously shed an arm tackle in <laughs> miraculously in, in uh parentheses. But besides that, honestly though, 51 yards on 20 carries outside that 38 yard gain. That's uh Two two and a half yards per carry. So, yeah, that's mean. I mean, he's gonna continue to get the work, and it sucks because he's like a landmine. Because if you have David Montgomery, you're like, yo, how, who am I gonna start over this guy? I'm probably running back needy right now because you know 
79% of the teams in fantasy right now are running back needy. It's just like, how do I sit him? But he's a landmine because he's going to get you this mediocre shit every time he, he steps on the field. Cause did, he, did he kill you with his 11.5? No. Mm. But, fuck, it's ugly. It's ugly. Yeah. Yeah, very ugly. You know how I feel about David Montgomery. I think you've already spent too long talking about him. Let's move on then. Yeah. Uh, to my second stock down, Robbie Anderson, yo. And this might come as a little bit of a surprise, but look, if he's not getting all the targets like he was early on in a Teddy Bridgewater-led offense, he's just not going to return the value you expected him to after seeing what he was able to do for the first five weeks. Like, through the first five weeks, this guy saw 10 targets three times. Since then, five targets, eight targets, eight targets, and eight targets is good, but when it's Teddy Bridgewater and they're not red zone targets, it's tough to really be that wide receiver one, high-end wide receiver two that you thought maybe Robbie Anderson was turning into. Like, since week five against Atlanta, 9.7 against Chicago, 10.4 against New Orleans, and then 7.3 last week against Atlanta again. Like, that's three straight games under 11 points. You know, you everyone knows that we're critical of Teddy Bridgewater all the time. He gets Casey next week, who has been great at uh, locking down opposing wide receivers. Tampa Bay, who has been up there as well with locking down opposing wide receivers. The next two weeks might be more of the same for Robbie Anderson, and he has a bye week coming up still as well. He gets uh, Green Bay and Washington weeks 15 and 16, which are two very difficult matchups as well. I'd be trying to sell Robbie Anderson if I was uh, if I had him on my team. Yeah, I mean, ugh, so many people probably bought Robbie Anderson just like three weeks ago. <laughs> so, many, so many people. Um, yeah. Joe Mixon is my next stock falling. Now, how could someone's stock be falling when he hasn't even been on the field for the last two weeks? Because Gio Bernard's better, yo. Every time Gio Bernard's the lead guy, he puts up more points. It's just literally every time. He's better. He's That's it. Because, yo, Michael says this a lot. Our reception is worth 2.7 more points than a touch, than a, than a reception. Than a I rush. mean, than a rush. <laughs> what did I say? Than a reception. Oh. It's a target. Yeah. Yeah. Targets to rushes. So targets 2.7 times. 2.7 times is valuable. Joe Mixon exemplifies that because the dude can't catch the ball and everyone, the biggest like lie ever told to America ever, <laughs> more, ever is that Joe Mixon catches the ball. And there's a lot of lies being told to America right now. <laughs> <laughs> Don't listen to the lies. Vote Gio. Gio Bernard, man. Yeah. Tomorrow's election day. Oh boy. Gio Tomorrow's Bernard. Just, Don't worry. Just... I got a little spiel uh, set up for the end of the show. Don't worry about that. Just Joe Bernard just keeps falling out when given the opportunity, man. And it's expected that Joe Mixon is going to get that big role again once he returns. So Joe Bernard is basically going to be valueless. Like, don't start Joe Bernard when Mixon returns thinking you have, like, a great play or something. Again, it's it's over. He's he's just the handcuff, and he'll catch some passes. But he's the ceiling games are definitely gone. But if you grabbed him, you certainly enjoyed having him over these last two weeks. There was a time when I won a championship with Gio Bernard as just a pass catching back. Uh, and I think Ben Jarvis <coughs> Green Ellis was on the team. And he just caught passes. And he scored me like 10 to 15 points a game in my flex. And I was very happy. Yeah, catch, 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 catch. Yeah. Catch, 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 catch. Uh, one, one last time for me, the last stock down, I want to talk about someone whose stock has plummeted. 
uh, whose stock is no longer on the market, whose stock can be sold for pennies at this point. A real crash, you know, like a, uh, an, uh, what's, what's that, uh, what's that government agency that, that went belly under or a blockbuster type crash, not the government. Block, let's go blockbuster. Um, cause Netflix is coming around the corner and Netflix is just better and it does the same thing, but it's just better. Christian McCaffrey is Netflix. Mike Davis is blockbuster. Sorry, Mike. Your time is over. It was good. A lot of people. I know one of my one of my boys from uh from my entire life. He plays in our home league. Nikki. Shout out to Nikki. Uh, if he's listening right now, I, I doubt he's listening. He's not someone who will listen to a fantasy football podcast. Uh, but his team, um, his team was was buoyed by Mike Davis for weeks, and he thought he was so nice, and he was out here swinging his 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 old thing around, saying, "Oh, look how good I am." A lot of people are probably doing that because of Mike Davis. Yeah. That, that time is over. Sorry. But it's far from over. No, it's, no, it's, it's, it's definitely it's done. It's done. It's done. Sorry, Drake. It's yeah, done. Tim, I'm <laughs> going to I'm going to bounce off you with my last stock down. And I'm really going, really going in here because not only are we ending it on a sour note, I'm trying to make it extra sour for you. Like, I want you to end Ooh. this podcast and you need to, like, put on the office or something to smile. Damn, because buddy. my last stock down is Mark Andrews. Oh fuck yeah, <laughs> dude! <sighs> not a single sixty-yard game yet this season. Uh, sixty yards, not that difficult to reach. Uh, Three or fewer passes caught in five of seven games. Uh, Less than five fantasy points uh, in four of seven games. Whoosh, uh, Holy moly! Whoosh, uh, Has Mark Andrews been a disappointment and? Again, this dates back to in the preseason when I was saying I, I'm not interested in these pass catchers because they're not going to be able to replicate a hyper-efficient offense. And everyone was like, but well, Mark Andrews is going to play more. Tim, he's going to see more targets, Tim. And it just has not been the case, and that passing offense has not been good. And Willie Sneed is out here putting up 100-yard games while, while Marquise Brown is pissed he's not seeing balls. And Mark Andrews is doing nothing. Jeez Louise. Like, you drafted Mark Andrews. You're like, I don't have to worry about tight end. And four times this season, more than half the times, it was smarter to just, like, stream a tight end who was, has no name, basically. I picked up and played Willie Sneed, if that makes you feel any better, in, one of our, in, in, a, in, a, uh, in a dynasty league. In our uh, patron dynasty league? No, in a... In a, in a uh, Interesting. In a Cass's dynasty league with the defense. I almost... I almost picked up Willie Sneed as well in our patron dynasty league, but then A-Rob was cleared to return again. Yeah. Um, Michael, you just beat me up through the through the computer. I don't know if anyone uh, I don't know if anyone heard that. I go watch The Office because you still have never finished the damn show. I haven't. I quit when Michael Scott left, man. He was my he was my guy, Michael Scott. It's not the same without Just Mike watch Scott. the last couple episodes then. They're good. All right. Um, of season 9. <laughs> all right, I will. I'm on season 8. I'm not that far away. Um Yeah, there's only two seasons left after Michael Scott leaves. That's all for us today. We are leaving like Michael Scott is leaving. But I do want to send you off on a note that's not um that's not sports related. And I'm gonna keep it I'm gonna keep it right down the center, so don't worry. Half of you won't hate me after this. Um tomorrow is election day. You're voting for your president. Not only are you voting for your president, you're voting for your senators. You're voting for your representatives. You're voting for you're not you're actually not voting for senators, you're voting for representatives. Uh, some people are voting for senators. Um we don't vote for senators in New York. Not this time around, anyway. Tim, move um, on. Yeah. <laughs> um, but 
that vote, um, as you know, Michael and I are from of Greek ancestry. We talk about it a lot. And going back to the beginning of democracy when it was when it was invented, they had to fight for the right to have their voice heard. And throughout time, since that idea was sparked in a sunny place called Greece, uh, not too long ago, but forever ago at the same time, people have fought for the right for their voices to be heard. And we live in a place, a magical place now. We live in a really um, unbelievable place where we could say whatever we want, whenever we want, however we want, to whoever we want, and get paid from it, which is what Michael and I are doing right now. Um, and we have that opportunity. And sometimes when you're presented with that opportunity, and I know people who I, I could stare at them in the face and I could see them taking the opportunity to, for, for granted, um, to, to be free, uh, to, be, to have the ability to do what we do here in this country. And someone said something to me one time that resonated with me. And he said, freedom is only one generation from falling. It's a constant fight. There will always be people trying to take what you have. There will always be people trying to control. It's been that way since the beginning. It is in human nature to want the most resources, to want the best for your situation, and to want to be the boss. It's human nature. Because of that, the act of voting is an act of war. It is an act of war against oppressors. It is an act of war against people who are trying to hold you down. It is a battle cry against the people who want to make sure that your cries are never heard. It is important to vote on election day because many, many, many people have died for your right to do that. And whoever you're voting for, I have a very, very strong opinion on who you should be voting for. But it doesn't matter as long as you're voting. As long as you are going out there and having your battle cry heard against the people who want your voice to be suppressed. Make it happen. Make your battle cry heard. Vote tomorrow if you have not already. And with that being said, that was the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. Michael, where can they find you? Hug it, chug it football. At Brodo FF Mike. At Brodo FF Tim is where you can find me. You can find at Brodo FF Jason. Uh, you know, every once in a while on this show as a special guest, <laughs> but also on Twitter. You can find all of us at BrotoFantasy.com and at BrotoFantasy on Twitter. And on Instagram, don't forget, at BrotoFantasy as well. Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy if you want to support us here. Michael, any final words? Thanks for listening, and uh, may your Monday Night Miracles come true. Yes, you got to tweet that, Mike. I did, I did. All right, good, 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 good. We've got yeah. some action. Don't worry. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> our, our, our Twitter followers have an expectation, and we set those expectations. Go vote. That's right. Peace. Later.